Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Spectrum Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Marvel. And for today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Jen Culberson. Um, Jen and I were both interviewed by Meg Rabby for a PBS uh, SoCal article about parenting during the pandemic. So Jen and I finally uh, connected and we sat down and talked about uh parenting kids on the spectrum. We also talked about uh, Jen's Filling Their Cups program. Uh, It deals with, uh, you know, parents kind of taking care of themselves. And, you know, we can't take care of our kids, uh, you know, autistic or neurotypical if we're not taking care of ourselves first. So we dive into that uh, as well. So I really think you're going to enjoy this article with Jen. She was funny and open and honest. So without any further ado, here is my interview with Jen. All right, we're back with Jen Culberson. Uh, Jen, how's it going? Hey, great. Thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime. Jen is the mother of four, am I right? Yes, four. Nice. Now, what do you have? I know I'm... I know you've got a set of twins, Mm -hmm. but how many boys, how many girls? So Kinley is seven. She's on the spectrum. And I have a four-year-old boy and boy-girl twins that are almost two. Oh, wow. You got your hands full. We have a wild house. To say Uh, that. We're we're the same way. We have three boys and (laughs) we're that loud house, you know? Oh, my God. We're, yeah, we're we're looking for a house out in the suburbs now to get out of the city and, um, Mm -hmm. We were looking at some townhouses, and my wife was like, do we really want, we're in a row now. We're in a row house now, so we have neighbors on each side. Like, you know, our, our neighbors now probably think we're crazy. Do we really want to be connected with, uh, you know, with somebody else? For sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we're that house, too. We're, with three boys, uh, you know, it, it gets a little chaotic. Yeah, we're in a neighborhood with a golf course, and luckily we're not on the golf course, but I'm okay. sure that the golfers probably hear us <laughs> more days than not. Yeah, so Kinley is seven. Do you uh, want to take us through sure. your journey with her? Kind of take us back to the beginning yep. of, you know, when when you started to notice some things with her? Mm-hmm. Sure. So Kinley obviously is our first kid, and mm-hmm. we did not have her diagnosed until she was three and a half. Okay. So um, she did have some delayed milestones. So like sitting up, um, crawling and walking were delayed, but her speech was never delayed. She always made eye contact. Um, so even I'm a nurse and mm-hmm. per- currently not working as a nurse, but um, even as a nurse, I was not educated in the realm of autism at all. I mean, I had to look up YouTube videos when I first started <laughs> having these, you know, questions and right. always said, well, that, that doesn't really look just like her. I just, I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, so I just kind of watched and didn't really think too much of it. And then we had our son, Graham, when she was two and a half. Um, her first signs of anxiety started around there. Um, but it also looked like any normal kid that is adjusting to having a new sibling and also, just terrible twos <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> since she was two. So 
I didn't really realize that was anxiety until her brother was probably three months old. And, you know, new mom, just not new mom, but we had our second newborn. So I was right. I was very sleep deprived. Um, we sent her off to Mother's Day out and Mother's Day out called us a couple times and they were concerned about her um, crying a lot or just certain signs of anxiety, like asking to go to the bathroom throughout the day, not transitioning well from one thing to the next. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. Not, you know, for me, I was like, oh, this is my fault. I'm not giving her enough attention or, you know, she doesn't, she's not the baby anymore. Like I need to do better. We'll give her some more TLC and one-on-one attention. Um, but I noticed, I, I just stuck that kind of in the back of my head and watched her more closely and things started to develop over the next year uh, that really stuck out to me as not typically developing. Mm-hmm. So um, difficulty transitioning, sensory issues became more noticeable. Her meltdowns were worse over time. So I always tell people that the terrible twos got worse over time. Yes. No form of discipline worked. So, I mean, I, no one gives you a handbook for parenting, but you just, and you probably can relate to this too, but when you're faced with something new, um, like you're, you're talking about Kenley and some of the things like with the wanting to go to the bathroom and everything like that. And Mm -hmm. I, I've had that conversation with Alex's teachers before. They're like, Oh, he asked to use the bathroom a lot. And like an awful lot in school, like, you know, (laughs) but yeah, so it's, you know, especially being a first time parent, like we don't know, you know, uh, any of this. And then I don't think it's until you get some understanding of what's going on. And then you look back like, oh, you know, they were asking to use the bathroom all the time because of sensory issues or, the, you know, the anxiety of, of having to sit through a school day or, you know, whatever it is. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I kind of added all those things up and talked to actually four different pediatricians the six months leading up to her diagnosis who all told me they thought that she was neurotypically developing. Mm -hmm. And I tried to believe that, but I just couldn't. I just still felt my motherly instinct saying, this is not right. Keep digging, keep digging. So we did find a um, psychologist that... um, did her evaluation and it was obvious to the team that diagnosed her. Um, so that was a relief, Mm -hmm. but, um, also still sad. And we did go through like kind of just a phase of, is this real life? Like what is life going to look like now? But we were in the best hands. We had her diagnosed at a place locally called Mitchell's place, which is a preschool for children on the spectrum, but also has a peer, um, there's, it's, each class is five children on the spectrum, five neurotypically developing children. Oh, great. It, yeah, it's ages two to six. So they can start when they're two and go. Actually, they can even complete kindergarten there through age six. But mm-hmm. that we got her a spot. The day we found out about her uh, diagnosis, she was diagnosed at, as moderate autism. They told us that they just got news that day there was going to be a spot opening up in her age group. So we took advantage of that, got her in that school, and it was the best thing that 
could have happened. It really was the best right. place, the right time at the right place. And she got her ABA therapy. She had speech therapy, occupational therapy, all of the teachers. I mean, each classroom was 10 children, at least for adults that were all trained in ABA in the classroom at a time, you know, on their knees, making sure every conversation is socially appropriate and teaching moments every, I mean, it was just, it blew my socks off when I saw the miracles happen there for mm -hmm. not just Kinley, but all of her friends that she made there. Right. So she was there for two years before kindergarten and made huge improvements. I mean, huge improvements. She is, she became a completely different kid and, and all the best possible ways of Kinley were brought out and able to flourish the way that the Lord intended for her to, for her to flourish. So it was, worth it. It was worth every penny. It was worth the long drives, the screaming, crying meltdowns on the way there, <laughs> the, you know, the bite marks, everything. Yeah. She, it was worth it. She showed us what she was capable of and she just needed those resources. So early intervention was huge. Um, we moved to a different school system to make sure she was in a really good school system for public school kindergarten. And the month we moved in we found out we were pregnant with the twins so that wasn't really a planned <laughs> thing <laughs> but you know we just roll with the punches around here so exactly um we were getting her all ready for her for her um kindergarten year and i did not realize that she had come so far that she would not qualify for an iep and that confused me. It was a huge learning curve for us as parents because we moved to the school system for her to get all the services she needed. Right. And she only qualified for a 504. So I was, of course, worried to death. Um, I felt like the school didn't really believe how severely her meltdowns could be as far as safety and a behavior plan. So mm -hmm. we did a lot of a lot of meetings with the school and her psychologist who was a lifesaver to say the least in the process. We had her attend the meetings with us and just really be an advocate for right. making sure we got what we needed. And so, I, I think that's key. Sorry to interrupt uh, you, but yeah. especially as a first time parent going to these IEP meetings mm -hmm. uh, can be so incredibly stressful just on its own. Mm -hmm. And then when you are thinking one thing and the school is saying, well, you know, not, you know, almost disagreeing with you. Like, oh, you think your kid needs A, B and C, but the school is saying something complete, you know, completely opposite. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really important to have somebody in your corner to kind of kind of back you up because at these meetings, it's. You know, sometimes it's us as parents across the table from, you know, depending on who's there, it could be four or five other people from the school. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a huge help. And yeah. she um, she does this, you know, as she works with the school systems right? a lot of the time. So um, anyways, so let's see. After we started with kindergarten, it actually started out really surprisingly well. She got on the school bus and <laughs> rode with all the other typical kids and yeah. was just 
it was really great. I was like, oh my gosh, we, this is the best case scenario. Well, it was only a matter of time. I just had this, you know, intuition that things would go downhill at some point. I was just waiting for when it was going to happen. Well, it happened, uh, I guess right before Christmas, we had a lot of, uh, issues getting her on the school bus. She refused on Mondays where it was really hard transition again, that transition, Mm -hmm. um, thing. So, her psychologist was helpful. We got her a plan to get to school Mondays. Fast forward to medications and adverse reactions. COVID happened. Then we were virtual schooling and that was not going well. Uh, for whatever reason, I think a lot of kids just hated the virtual learning and the Zoom meetings and you can't yeah. you can't put a bunch of kindergartners on a, on a Zoom call and think that they're going to get anything from it. But... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she just, it wasn't well. it doesn't go well. So I, homeschooling was something that I was kind of thinking about doing anyways right. down the road, but wanted to be sure she got everything that she could from the school system. And since that failed, I decided to homeschool the following year. So this is our first year homeschooling and she's doing amazing. She's her social anxiety is almost down to a zero She's made friends down the street that she goes out and plays with. and Oh, that's great. Yes. She's – yes. I'm so proud of her. So. That is that – is, that's so good to hear. And another thing I want to point out is um, kind of following your parental instincts um, because we know, we know our kids best and um, we know what works and what – doesn't work I think better better than anybody Mm -hmm. um so I love that you saw like okay this virtual school is not cutting it Mm -hmm. you know instead of just sitting back and putting up with it you 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 know you made a decision and and things worked out for the better you followed you followed your instincts and Mm -hmm. you were absolutely right yeah so it's it's been good it's been a long journey as you know and I'm sure a lot of your listeners understand how long of a journey it really is and she's only seven so yeah we have a long way to go but I can't I can't be thankful enough for the strides that she's made and all of the people that have been placed in my path along the way to right get us where we are exactly 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 right you also have a program. It's funny. Um, I didn't realize we were both, Jen and I were both interviewed um, by Meg Rabby a couple of months ago for a PBS uh, SoCal <laughs> article on parenting during the pandemic. And one, you know, I, one night I was just scrolling through Instagram, you know, uh, kind of just bored and had nothing else to do. And I saw Jen with her uh, filling uh, filling their cups program. <laughs> and after I'm, I'm clicking on her profile, I'm like, oh, wait, I, you know, I, I, I knew her name sounded familiar. I'm like, oh, that's where, you know, I saw on your page uh, the same article that we were that I posted. I'm like, oh, OK, that's that's where I know that name from. Um, but do you want to talk about what is what is the filling their cup program that you do? Yeah. So, um let me start a little bit from the beginning. So, um, as we all know, as parents, we, it's very easy to get 
stuck in the mundane cycle. I don't care if you have one kid or seven or eight kids. It's it's a cycle that can really just be hard to manage and to take care of yourself. So we put ourselves last. I did the same thing. I I think at one point I was just not even showering. It, it got really bad. <laughs> I, I I'm serious. I did. After having the twins, I realized that I had postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And I was not being a good mom or a wife. I was absent. I was unhappy. I was didn't have motivation. And I really wasn't caring for myself. I didn't think that taking care of myself would be something I could do for many years down the road. Like you think of self-care and you're like, I don't know what you, what you would call self-care Fred, but for myself, I would think, Oh, I'm going to go spend a whole day at the spa and not have anybody talking to me (laughs) like that. That is self-care to me. But when I changed my expectations for self-care and realized that I could do little things throughout the day, to bring me joy, whether that's sitting on the porch for five minutes of fresh air or drinking coffee before everybody gets up with a book or Bible and prayer time before bed or journaling or listening to a podcast and going for a walk or while you're doing the dishes. All of those things are little things that can fill our cup through our day that we should take advantage of and not think, and just you know, put those things off and wait until mm-hmm. the perfect moment, and the you know the the solid two hour block of like this is what I'm gonna I'm gonna do something for myself right now. I'm gonna go spend money on myself somewhere, which is great. You can do that too, but I just I want to help other women and men find realistic ways to care for themselves, no matter what other stuff that we have going on. So. I can't leave the house. I can't go to a gym. I, I don't have childcare. There's not too much family help around me. So except for my husband. And so I've had to figure out ways to do that and implement self-care in my home on my own. So when I found the ability to do virtual workouts and have virtual nutrition support and meal plans, I hands down had to get going on that because I knew that my physical health was not in a place I wanted to be. My mental state was going downhill fast. Um, Emotionally, I was a roller coaster just all over the place, angry one minute and trying my best to compensate for the yelling the hour before. Um, And then spiritually too, I wasn't, I didn't have intention for my day to sit down and, do the things that I wanted to do to build myself spiritually, um, with my Christianity. So Mm -hmm. anyways, all of those things led me to finding this program to be able to pour into myself and other women by virtually, um, taking care of ourselves physically, mentally, nutrition, and emotionally. So it's a community and have a lot of moms that do it with me that I can relate to. We have health priorities, um, home fitness. There's so many home workout programs that we choose from. And I help other women pick a program for themselves that they like, get them on a nutrition plan that they can still eat the normal things they eat at home with their family, just portioned out. So it's not like prepackaged foods or like a complete change in diet. This is sustainable. So we can still get through every day 
with our family and be the best parent that we can be. And there's a and that's and that's so important too because you know we all do it. You you you're running even with our neurotypical kids. It's taking care of them. Uh, planning meals and taking them back and forth to activities. Mm -hmm. And then we've got our special needs kiddos and all their different therapies and appointments and everything else. And, you know, uh, like we've all been there at the end of the day, you're just spent and you don't take the time to physically and mentally care for ourselves. And, you know, I, I love, I love the, I love the name of your group because, you know, a lot of, a lot of us are, are running on empty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't pour from an empty cup. And I right. was trying to, and it was, it was in a destructive state. So I'm glad that I was led to this um, opportunity, this program that I'm doing. And I've been able to help so many women and Meg actually is one of them that's doing this with me. Um, and I've been able to reconnect to so many relationships in the past. She's one of them. We went to actually elementary school together back in St. Louis forever ago. So, nice. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, on an airplane, they want you to put your oxygen on before you put the oxygen on of your kids. So exactly. that's every day I set my intention to take care of myself. And it really does pour over into everybody else in my family, in my life. And it's, I'm, my cup is being filled so much that I'm able to help a group of women find the same fulfillment in their life. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. When we take care of ourselves, we have more energy. We're in a better, better uh, mental space. We're happier. And that, that carries over to the way we interact with our kids, our spouses, our family members and friends, everything. Yeah. So. so where can people find you if they're interested? And I encourage everybody to check it out. Um, where can they find you on uh, social media or on the web or yeah, whatever? Thanks. Um, my Instagram is probably the best place to find me. It's filling okay. their cups. Uh, that's my Instagram handle. And I have a link in my bio where you can click on and there is a link there that will bring you to um it's just a little form you can fill out and I can email you back and we can have a conversation or just DM me on, on Instagram is fine. Um, so that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. I'd love to talk to anybody. I'm, I'm really passionate about this and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to just connect with people because it's hard to connect these days and it's yeah. good. So. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on today, Jen. I really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you so much. All right. I will talk okay. to you later. All right. And I can't let you guys go without the Spectrum Dad joke of the week. So here we go. Whenever the cashier at the grocery store asks my dad if he would like the milk in a bag, he replies, no, just leave it in the carton. That's all for this week, folks. I will talk to you guys next week. We got a lot of good interviews coming up. So I'm very excited to, for you guys to hear them. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, hit me up. I'm on Instagram at the Spectrum Dad Pod. Um, and don't forget to go on Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. Thanks for tuning in again this week, guys. See ya.